Thank you for joining with us for another episode of Morning Briefings here on the Pipeline Intercession for the President and on our podcast. If you have any dreams that you have about the office of the president, please send them to pip at christiancentershreveport.com. We're so thankful that you all have joined in with us on this prayer journey, and we look forward to standing with you not only today, but in the days ahead. So with that, we'll go ahead and join today's broadcast as we talk about the news and stand on the wall for this nation and the office of the president. Good morning, good morning, everyone. Zach Arskaden coming to you live from North Carolina after a uh, much-needed break and time with family over this Thanksgiving break. Hopefully you all had a wonderful uh, Thanksgiving, spending with friends and family over the weekend, stayed warm and dry. As I know, rain and snow was abundant throughout uh, this past week especially here where we live. And today we want to continue along our journey of praying and and going through the prayer journey here in The Future War of the Church by Chuck Pierce in Dethroning the Thrones of Iniquity. And today we want to look at the calling of a watchman. That that word gets thrown out a lot. And today we want to look at some biblical foundations and then go through and be watchmen and pray for situations here that will involve our leadership and pray for our leadership um, in the positions and, and the decisions that are laid before them now and in the coming months. And so we want to start off in Ezekiel 3 where we see the Lord lie out to Ezekiel um, a responsibility a watchman or leader, someone who gives prophetic, has. And I want to start in Ezekiel 3 verse 16. And you can read the whole chapter to get the full picture here, but this portion is very, very, very important to really understand um, why it's important for if you get something from the Lord or if the Lord you see something and the Lord puts it upon your heart to say something, to speak out what the Lord is telling you. So it says here at verse 16, it starts, At the end of seven days, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, I have appointed you a watchman to the house of Israel, wherever you hear a word from my mouth. Warn them for me when I say to the wicked, you you will surely die and you do not warn him or speak out to warn the wicked from his wicked way that he may live. That wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. Yet, if you have warned the wicked and he does not turn from his wickedness or from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity, but you have delivered yourself. Again, when a righteous man turns away from his righteousness and commits iniquity, and I place an obstacle before him, he will die. Since you have not warned him, he shall die in his sin, and his righteous deeds, which he has done, shall not be remembered, but his blood I will require at your hand. However, if you have warned the righteous man that the righteous should not sin, and he does not sin, he will surely live, because he took warning, and you have delivered yourself. Now this... Scripture passage is then quoted by Paul in Acts 20, 26, where Paul says, he says, Therefore I testify and protest to you on this, our parting day, that I am clean and innocent and am not responsible for the blood of any of you. For I never shrink or kept back or fell short from declaring to you the whole purpose and plan and counsel of God. 
The reason I wanted to read both of those passages in unison is because for some reason today, this is this idea is not being exemplified by not just Christian pastors and leaders, but you can take, okay, in our instance of us going through the news, of even the news prophets who are still some form of a watchman who are not declaring and speaking and informing on the truth and being a watchman of the truth, putting your own personal agendas for whatever reason. And so we just want to today to declare that the Lord will establish the watchman anointing anew and afresh in each of us and in the territories where God has placed us uh, as we will need this in the season and seasons ahead because this is not just a instant gratification where we, we do this and it, it turns over. It's a thing where it's going to have to, people have to understand and live by this of, all right, if the Lord says it, hey, this is your warning. Do this or don't do this. And, and we try our best to, to do that as best we can. And obviously the Lord can give grace, but is this is what the Lord is telling us. He says, if you don't, then this blood is on your hands. And so we want we don't we don't want to live with that blood like Paul here says, look, I never shrank back or fell short right, of declaring the whole purpose and the plan and counsel of the Lord. So we just want to deliver the whole counsel of what we have um, and pass along things that we feel are from others as well to each and every one of you because there's a lot of information and prophetic words and news and things flying out there. And so we just try to bring it all together come together as a body of Christ and pray for this nation and our leaders that the Lord has placed us in. And and so with that, we also um, want to dive into the news today, give some updates on some, some things we were following last week, and then pray for things as we come into and walk out these next uh, few weeks bef- as this lame duck session uh, within the Senate and Congress go forward. Okay, so first we want to look at the... Uh, negotiations in Israel for the government coalition. Um, it seems like they're having more in intervals of meetings with each sides of uh, the Likud and, and, and their um, religious Zionist parties. They're trying to figure out, and it look what's being reported right now, and obviously we're not getting the full details because their mum is the word. Um, so they're actually, the inner circle is doing a very good job of keeping things kind of quiet. Um, it seems like small issues, but you never truly know what's going on in those those discussions. And, and, and it's imperative for Israel and its safety that they form these coalitions to bring about a unified government, get control over the military, over the police, over just the government itself. Um, and, and because during these time, this time of transition... Iran and, and those who want to attack Israel um, are strengthening themselves and putting themselves in positions to take advantage of moments like this. Um, there's been several terrorist attacks and, and shootings and just a lot of weird things happening in Israel that if there were a strong leader military presence um, of a unified voice that wasn't during this transition power, not saying that it wouldn't happen, but um it would be handled in a more succinct manner, to say the least. So we want to pray for these negotiations um, and pray for the peace of Jerusalem involved in that because Jerusalem is unfortunately in turmoil with the shootings that happened last week and, and some other several incidences that occurred over this last weekend. Now, 
saying all of that, of why it's important to pray for this coalition and Netanyahu in this instance, is that it, naturally and spiritually it's believed that Netanyahu would be the, bo- the best leader for Israel to stand up right now, to stand up to Iran. And Iran just published via some media outlets in Iran a list of sensitive sites to strike in Israel in an event of a future war. Now, why would Iran do that? They obviously know Israel is, I wouldn't say reeling from the elections, but again, they're in this season of transition, and so that leaves them vulnerable to a lot of things uh, in this transition season. And so the list that they put out obviously were mostly military, um, some civilian sites that they deemed that Iran thinks and deems as important to what it calls um, or the Israeli military-industrial complex. Not saying that doesn't exist, but that these are they put out lists of that. They listed the Knesset, the Prime Minister's office, uh, the Defensive Ministry, uh, a series of other sites in events of if a war were to pop up or if somebody were to get these weapons and go after this and do something they would possibly um, their families would be rewarded via the PLO or some other organization whatever the case may be the fact that they put this list out there for the world to see um, for any enemy of Israel to go after uh, they would benefit from this as well Iran more so and Israel would be harmed by it and the, the comment from the Jerusalem Post here, is, it says on this, is they ask the question of what does Iran mean for this list to do? Like, why would they put it out there? And they say this, they say, the overall context then of Iran can be seen as merely bragging and threatening, but also illustrates the shift of thinking in Tehran among Iran's proxy groups, which include Hezbollah, Islamic Jihad, the Houthis in Yemen, and members of the Hashid al-Shabaa in Iraq. Reports that an Iranian RGC member linked to Iran's drone program was killed in Syria and that Iran wants to move air defense systems to Syria show the Islamic Republic's possible concerns regarding these latest tensions and threats. So because of these recent deaths of a leader, Iranian leader in Syria, and even the one in in Ukraine uh, or Turkey, is that that now it, it is we have to go forward with whatever we can do to take out our enemies. And in this case, they deem Israel as their closest um, and most important enemy to go after. And so they're ramping things up and they want their proxies, Hezbollah in Syria, Islamic Jihad, the Houthis in Yemen, um, and others in Iraq to go after and try to take out military or civilian um, assets in Israel. Uh, the the um, last statement I want to read is it says this from the Jerusalem Post it says publishing the kind of list that Iran's pro-regime media published on Monday listing sites that Iran thinks are sensitive to, is a message to Israel and it absolutely is it can also be illustrating how Tehran views the conflict with Israel as entering a strategic stage in which it would like to supply proxy groups in Lebanon and Syria with more advanced weapons such as drones or precise guided uh, munitions that can target the sites that Iran and the 
Mayuddin have come up with. Iran has increased its drone threats to Israel in recent years and worked closely with Hamas and Hezbollah to try to learn from past conflicts and tensions with the Jewish states. So they're they're amping things up there, and this is why we want to continue to pray for the peace of Jerusalem um, and, and, and knowing that those who, who bless Israel shall be blessed and the foundations of Scripture that the Lord calls us um, to in both the New and Old Testament, uh, or Old and New, to stand with Israel and with the Lord's promises for that land. Um, very, very interesting to see these things play out, um, especially with what, what happened recently happened with Lebanon with the gas negotiations. So, um, a lot of things there to stay abreast of and informed on. Okay, now moving forward, this is. If you haven't paid attention to what's been going on in China over the last weekend, there have been mass protests over um, an apartment fire and deaths there and the increase of the implementation of a zero-COVID policy in China. There's video, social media video out there. Um, some people saying who have been there saying that in, in the, the 30 years that they've been there, they haven't seen anything like this before in the history uh, some pundits are saying this is the biggest uprising since the Tiananmen Square incident, um, which China says never happened, even though there's literal media, media evidence of it and people who were there uh, firsthand who can report of it. But obviously that's China trying to control the narrative. Now, I say this and obviously want to pray for our believers uh, in Christ there um, to have the wisdom and revelation to guide them through this situation. But watch China's response in this, because you have the our current governmental leaders who look at China with awe and want to follow that mindset. And 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 Chuck talks about this. He prophesied about this in the eighties. This book, um, Future War of the Church, uh, which came out in two thousand, early two thousands, if I remember correctly. I want to say 11, but I won't, it might have actually been earlier. Let me make sure I get this actually right. This one is 2001. Okay. 2001, this book came out right before the 9-11 um, attacks that happened. And he said, he said prophetically, by 2026, if things didn't change, China would be the dominant power and overtake the United States. And so in this incidence with what's going on with China, the thing I just keep getting is the natural is revealing the spiritual. And other people are getting that. But is watch, watch how China responds to this because this is the narrative. This is the way these governments um, will follow lock and step. Some of them forced to because they've made economic deals with, with China. Others because they, they want to because of the power. And the interesting thing from this is our, and how this kind of ties into the United States and our leadership, is that you have the um, White House COVID response coordinator, Dr. Ashish Jihad, uh, come out and say that China's CCP's zero COVID strategy is unrealistic amid the largest protests in China in decades. And and okay, this, all right, good. That's I'm glad they said that. Well. Um, a lot of the things he's saying are kind of going lockstep in foot with the zero COVID policy with what's going on in China. And so we just want to pray for wisdom for our leaders. Um, he's an advisor. He's not someone who sets policy. 
Even Dr. Fauci was an advisor. He didn't set policy, but for whatever reason, those within power leaned into that advice, that, quote, wisdom, and, and listened to it, and we're seeing the results of that. And more and more news is coming out of that. But I don't want to dive into that today. I just want to pray for our leaders who, even though they're given this advice, still don't have to listen to it. They can listen to other advisors, one of them being the Holy Spirit, hopefully, and make wise decisions based upon a fear, a healthy fear of the Lord now and in the days ahead. And that's more so for us, each of us individually. Okay. So now... Um, moving domestically to some things that are, are looked at being happening this week is you have um, officials coming back to D.C. after Thanksgiving, uh, today and tomorrow, and some things we've talked about before that during this lame duck session they're, they're going to push for and some things to pray about <laughs> and hopefully can be put on pause until the next elected officials get in, in place and decide what needs to happen in the future because there are those who have been elected out of office and even though they're still their power doesn't their authority doesn't end until later this year and there's a thought that well you're out of office this is what the people showed so you should no longer do that should should no longer put policies in place but the reality is they still have the authority to do such things so some of the things, this is what we want to pray for wisdom for leaders involved because things could get spoiled and could get delayed until the next session, which would be ideal, basically. But if something gets done now, they unfortunately have the authority to do it. Um, the biggest one is government funding, whether to raise the debt ceiling or not, um, military spending to go along with that in hopes of pushing what is on the docket now and the budget that they want and the also to note the the marriage act the disrespect of marriage act uh is actually did not go through last week so that is still up in the air of whether that will get pushed through from what i'm hearing this is from the hill um you also have the president coming out this last week talking about how he wants to push for um gun bans uh, on assault web what is deemed assault weapons a clearly uh, made-up term, if you understand that. And some of these have votes, some of these don't. The Disrespect for Marriage Act, is what I'm calling it, is kind of up in the air. If the 12 Republicans who voted for it in the Senate to move forward vote for it on the floor, if it gets brought up, it goes through. If someone, you know, constituents calling out saying, hey, we don't want this, um, not only for natural reasons, but other reasons and political reasons as well if they and if they want to do what they want to do if you want to create a civil union with a, a homosexual partnership you can do that you can give them the same quote-unquote tax benefits as others but it's it's something spiritually about saying why are you directly going after the defense of marriage act that bill clinton put into faith place which specifically defines marriage between a one man and one woman it's very interesting to see that play out um so some things there and then on the gun issue, they don't have votes. Um, Senator Chris Murphy, a Democrat from Connecticut, admitted uh, that they, they don't have the 60 votes. Uh, they may wait till the next session of Congress to possibly put this forward um, in hopes of continuing to, to, to push for an assault weapons ban, which is um, 
against the Constitution and shall not be infringed is just some portion of the Constitution that is completely ignored in this instance. Okay, so that's that's what's up. We want to pray for our leaders during this lame duck session to have the wisdom and fear of the Lord. Um, some things, government spending, government funding, it, it's more important, I think, than these other things because it will affect um, a lot of departments within the government. The potential of raising uh, the debt ceiling is is a huge portion of this and something that people need to be um, fully aware of as far as those leaders involved. And, and they are. It's just now having the wisdom to come about making sure something gets done that doesn't harm the country in the long term. And, and, and the warning we have is of going with the ideals of Bernie Sanders. And so we want to stand, hopefully pray and pray they stand against that. Okay. Last couple things. Um, first being the air, the recent results or updated information on the Arizona election um, dispute between the AG's office in Maricopa County and other counties with issues that they've had. Maricopa County responded as they were forced to by today, and their response is basically this: that there's, and this is a title from the Arizona Republic, saying that unexpected problems don't invalidate elections. They're saying, well. We did everything we were supposed to do by the guidelines and the laws that were set in the books. Although we're not going to let you look at the machines and see what actually happened when we put those ballots in, which is part of the the, the investigation and the questions from the Lake um, campaign in this instance. And then there's also the fact that why is Katie Hobbs still about to proceed over this election when there's disputes that need to be dealt with third hand and possibly even the verification of the election need to be dealt third hand um so there's that's where things stand there the ag's office will now look into these claims here now that they have both sides of the story and see what comes forward and this is if for those of you who followed since the end of the 2020 election when we first started of the issues that went on the maricopa county is maricopa county will even if forced by a judge not give in to a subpoena as they did even from an Obama and Bush appointed judge in Arizona with turning over all of the interworkings of the machines involved there. So you have some issues. They're claiming they have legal right to not do such things. And this is, again, going back to Daniel 7, 25, of changing times and laws so that they can do these type of things. So this is the issue that plays out here and something to pray for and let the true vote in Arizona would come forward. If what Maricopa County is saying is 100% true, doesn't look like Lake wins. Now, if what Lake says is true, it looks like Hobbs doesn't win. So this is one of those things where, all right, now you got to pray for the, the assistant attorney general in Arizona, pray for the secretary of state's office as there might be some bias there. Some of them are, are positioning themselves to get in, in better positions within in the state. And then you also have suits from Carrie Lake and other officials that are suing Maricopa County for issues that happened the day of. Now, whether this actually holds merit and can be fruitful is yet to be seen. And so, again, our prayer there, watchman on the wall, is just pray for the truth. And, and if we have for those... Um, like Miss Karen in, in, in Arizona, praying for them, 
um, praying that the truth take that authority you know like a new we're praying today declaring the new watchman new authority arise um, anew in in today and then last thing is the election in Georgia went off without a hitch uh, the lawsuits to try to delay it from the Republican Party did not go forward and there are upwards of six figures who have already voted early between Saturday and Sunday in Georgia. Um, a huge number of those are black and um, women of the 18 to 24 demographic. So that does not bode well for um, for Walker because um, he needs more of your families and, and those type of people to um, vote, not um, people who have these socialistic ideologies um, pushed on them from a young age. And so, and, and this, but this happened in Georgia early on anyways. So this is kind of the MO for what's going on in Georgia. Um, and, and they'll have another uh, week and a half here uh, to figure out the, the rest of the campaigns. Um, some people are, you know, calling it nasty and things of that nature. And so we just want to pray for, um, as we have represented from Georgia, praying for those in Georgia to get, for those who have, who want biblical moral values to stand, um, and to limit the authority that this Biden administration has as they push forward with these tyrannical government overreaches of someone to stand in opposition to this. And, and it would, this, this one seat does change the falling of how committees and things happen in the senate in washington dc so this is this is a very huge race uh, uh for the next two years as we lead up into the 2024 election so we just want to pray um for this case uh, and close on that as we come back and start our regular schedule uh, for not only morning briefings but our noon prayers as well and we'll have some more updates later this afternoon on some other things going on and and, and as we enter into this new month Hebraic month, we just want to continue to pray for our leaders, put our own personal agendas aside, put our own political agendas aside, and, and just pray for the fear of the Lord to enter into the nation, into the, our cities, our neighborhoods, our families, wherever we may be, whatever authority the Lord has given us, so that we can see the fruitfulness of souls being saved. And, and, and making sure that the Lord's will is done in this nation, which is to spread the gospel of the kingdom, not only to this nation, but to the other nations. So with that, I close and we'll be back tomorrow as we continue standing on the wall, praying for the office of the president. So blessings and I'll see you guys later. Have a good one.